0: You're listening to Following the Way, a podcast devoted to the examination of Scripture and Christ-centered practices to help us live in devotion to the way of Jesus. Hello everyone and welcome. It's so good to be together and happy Canada Day to all of my fellow Canadians on July 1st. We are so thankful for the freedom that the Lord has given us and the ability that we have to follow the way of Jesus. I've been... um, Throughout the last few weeks, I've been in the book of John, and we've been uh, going through it, and I've been pulling out um, certain parts of it uh, for this podcast, and uh, yesterday we were looking at uh, John 12 and qualifications for discipleship and what Jesus says about following me, and so I want to look at uh, just the beginning of John 13 uh, now where uh, this is at Passover and uh, Jesus is with his disciples, and we have this incredible account of how he uh, washes their feet, which uh, is incredible because uh, someone of Jesus' stature as a teacher, as a rabbi, uh, as someone who uh, led a group of men, uh, he did not do this. This this was for servants, and uh, as many of us probably know, uh, within the context of the day, uh, the washing of feet was important because wearing uh, open sandals uh, amidst dusty streets with lots of animal feces and uh, not great cleanliness um, led to feet being really filthy, and so the washing of feet was a uh, something within the culture that was very important, but it was done by the lowest. Of servants, and so for Jesus to to come and uh, to get up and to very intentionally, uh, which he did, r- rising from supper, uh, putting uh, taking off his outer garments and, and taking a towel, um, and and going through all the steps uh, to to begin to get ready to wash his disciples' feet, um, this would have caused a stir uh, with his disciples. And, and so, uh, as he's doing this, um, he comes to Simon Peter. And Simon Peter says in, in John 13, verse 6, Lord, do you wash my feet? Now, what he's saying in that, he's not, he's not asking a question about whether he's going to do it. I mean, he knows what Jesus wants to do. Um, what he's doing is he is... He, he, is, he is asking Jesus, are you really going to do this? Like, like, like you? Now, I, I want to just pause there and also just step back a little for a moment here because Jesus, it says in verse 3, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he'd come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. Now, what what this tells us is that the, the reason that Jesus had the confidence and the security and the motivation to do what he was going to do here for the disciples and show them the way of being a servant was because he knew where his identity, his purpose, and his calling was rooted. He knew who he was. He knew where he'd come from. He knew where he was going. He was solidified in who he was. I am the son. My father is well pleased with me. He is the one that I look to. He's the one that I am in relationship with. He's the one in which I find my entire identity. And so that's what allows Jesus and, and uh, provides the context for what he's doing. Now, Peter initially, he says this, he says, Lord, you wash my feet. And when, when Jesus says to him, look, what I'm going to do, you do not, I get it. You don't understand it now, but afterward you will understand. And Peter says to him, you shall never wash my feet. Like this is again, this is that, that, the, the, the picture of Peter that we get a few times in the gospels of like, where he just comes to Jesus. He's like, no way, Jesus, no way you're not doing this. You're, you're our teacher. You're our rabbi. You're you're the savior. You're the Messiah. Jesus, Peter knew who Jesus was. And he's like, no, this is not, this is not for you. You're not doing this. Now, within, for Peter, there was a surrendering to Jesus in this because it was, he had to be willing to, to allow Jesus to clean physically the dirtiest part of him. And so what we see here is that physically there's something that's being worked out and being walked out that points to a much deeper uh, reality of what Jesus is doing. There's a vulnerability that we have to step into with Jesus, that Jesus invites us into and I would say even he expects us as his followers to step into that place, to be willing to step into that place of vulnerability with him, letting him into the unclean, the uncomfortable parts of our lives. This was a physical reality that was speak that was pointing to a much deeper spiritual truth that Jesus was getting at. We have to let Jesus into those parts of our lives that are uncomfortable, not not hiding and keeping up appearances. Now, one of the most dangerous realities in our lives that all of us face is to live out of a false identity and self that comes so naturally to us. It's ingrained in us because it is in our very fallen nature. It's imprinted into our DNA. It it manifests itself in different ways in us because of our characters, because of our backgrounds, because of our histories, because of our parents and our ancestors and our family of origin, all of that. But... The inclination in us, the temptation, the motivation to live out of a false self, to craft identities, to protect ourselves, which we learn when we are toddlers and and little kids is very real and is is something that all of us battle. And our false, false self influences the manner in which we feel, in which we think, in which we, what we desire, how we choose, and how we behave. It, it influences every single one of those parts in us. Now, yes, the common grace bestowed on this world by the presence of the Holy Spirit means that we, we can enjoy many aspects of healthy relationships. But this reality of false self and its dangers is a threat to every single one of us. To live out of that and to present ourselves in ways that are not true, are not authentic, and don't actually reveal what's really going on inside of us. And and we see this in how we choose to relate because we choose to relate to person A, very different than person B, because of things that maybe have happened in the relationship, mistrust, hurt, things that have been said, things that have never been walked through. And... We allow ourselves we we allow ourselves to engage out of a false self with person B, and we may not with person A, or we only may to a certain level with person A, but with person B, we 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 willingly, maybe not consciously, but willingly, allow ourselves to engage out of a false self that magnifies and intensifies all of the insecurities that we gravitate to. And so, you know, we we may not see all of that unpacked here in the text, but that's what Jesus is getting to with Peter. Peter, all that stuff inside of you that you don't want to be vulnerable and you don't want to let me see, you've got to let me see it and you've got to let me touch it and you've got to let me heal you and deal with that. If you're going to follow me, because after Jesus says this, he says, you're never going to wash my feet. Jesus says, okay, if I don't wash you, you don't have a share of me. Peter, Peter, this is, this isn't optional. This is not negotiable. This is not something you can choose to bypass. If if you want to be in me and I, I want you to be with me, and we know that. Jesus clearly showed his desire to be in relationship with Peter, but he says, You've you've got to open that self, that part of you, you've got to open that up to Jesus. We have to be willing to get to that place of vulnerability and not hiding and not keeping up appearances, but allowing Jesus, and I would say allowing others, because that's how Jesus chooses many times to minister to us, is through others, through being accountable to others, through being real with others. That's how. The presence of God comes to us and the work of Jesus comes to us in many areas. And at this, so this is a critical juncture for Peter, huge, massive, just like it is in every one of our lives where we come to those, we come to those places in our lives, specific situations, specific accounts, specific incidences where we have to choose, am I going to continue doubling down and building up this false self? Am I going to continue building those layers? Or am I going to allow it to be stripped away so that I can allow Jesus to begin to do the work that he wants to do inside of me? And I I can think of situations in my life where there were specific incidences where I chose over years to build up that false self And then it got to the point where I realized I have to allow Jesus in here. I have to allow him into this part of my life, into this hurt, into this pain, into what feels fearful. If I'm going to actually receive the healing that I so desperately, not just need, but actually that I desire when I'm really honest about it. And so this is crucial for Peter and Peter we see his desire is to be with Jesus and to be part of him. Now, it wasn't that Peter wasn't going to screw up again. He did. He denied Jesus three times after this. But the heart posture of Peter here we see is that to be a part of Jesus compelled him to drop his guard. And he gets really vulnerable actually. He says, Jesus, you know what? Not just my feet then, but all of me. Like, I, I'm giving it all to you. I, I just just wash every part of me. Then, like like there's a there's an act there. There's a sense of of Peter's vulnerability that comes through really clear here because he's like, okay, you know what? J- just just do all of it. Wash all of me. And and Jesus says, no no no. You're that's not that's not it. You're, you're already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. But Peter's desire to be with Jesus and to know him is the catalyst to allow him into every part of his life. And that's the same for us. Our desire to be with Jesus, to allow him and to into our lives and to know him, that is the catalyst. That will always be the catalyst to allow him into every part of our lives because we need him to move and we recognize how much we want him in our lives. Now, Having said that, there's there's great trepidation to go to these places of vulnerability in our lives because we're not sure what we'll uncover or, or how we'll handle what we'll find or we, we might know, we, we kind of have an idea of what we think might be there or we think what, what things that we felt and we're like, I, I don't know that I want to go there. And so there, there can be trepidation in that because it means that we have to be vulnerable but I, I want to encourage us in what Jesus what it says at the beginning of John thirteen, what begins this whole account of what he does with the disciples. It says there, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of the world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. That is the confidence, that's the hope, that's the truth that we have in Jesus that he loves us as his own. When we're in Christ, we are his own and he loves us to the end. He will never let us go. He'll never let you go. Nothing that that you have to deal with, nothing that you have to face, nothing that he uncovers will change the fact that he will love you to the end. And so go, friends, in the hope, in the joy, and in the truth of that. As you open yourself up to Jesus, and this this is not a, a one-time listen to a devotional, hear this, all right, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to, I mean, we can make that definitive, yes, I am going to allow Jesus into this part of my life. But the work of that and the heavy lifting of that and the process of that, it does take time, it does take effort, it does take work. But that's why we need to know Jesus loves us. He loves his own and he loves us to the end. And he's inviting us into that place of being real so that we can come to know who we really are in him. And we can drop the facades and we can drop the false self that has no part of being in Christ I want to encourage you in that today as you go forth and as you remain in the love of Christ, be blessed. We'll see you again.